Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Big Time Talker podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network live nationwide. I'm Burke Allen. Our phone number is 516-418-5635. 516-418-5635. You can send us questions and messages in our chat room as well. And uh, the Big Time Talker podcast is a service of our friends at speakermatch.com, America's largest online speakers bureau. If you're a meeting planner or a speaker, check them out at speakermatch.com. Today we're talking, what else? The pandemic and its effect on business, in particular, the music and entertainment business. As we welcome my buddy, 90s country hitmaker Lionel Cartwright. He's a guy that has hit number one. He's an award-winning singer-songwriter, familiar face in Nashville, and continues to write and produce and record, as well as mentor young artists. And he performs, and, and best of all, in my estimation, he and I share the home state of West Virginia. Lionel Cartwright's our guest today. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Burke. Good to good to be in touch with you here. Well, I, I first of all, I hope you and your family are doing fine. Is everybody uh, staying safe and healthy there? Man, we are. Uh, I've got a mother in her late 80s, and so far, uh, she's good, too. She's here in Nashville, although she is uh, definitely getting tired of uh, being cooped up. She's she's the Energizer Bunny. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad that everybody's doing well. And uh, I want to talk about uh, the effects of this pandemic on the music industry, but I'd also like to roll things back in time because I would like to think that there are folks younger than you and I who are listening to the Big Time Talker podcast, and they may not be familiar with your thumbprint on the music industry. You, uh, you grew up in a beautiful downtown Glendale, West Virginia, and I'm very familiar with that area and, and know uh, uh, Moundsville right next to it as well. And, and you share that hometown with uh, another guy who's done okay in the country music business. <laughs> yeah, Brad Paisley. We're, I tell people we're not only from the same town, we're from the same hill. His dad was a phys ed teacher at our high school, and uh, so I knew Brad early on when he was just getting started. And uh, yeah, he's done uh, he's done amazing. He's had an amazing career. And uh, hey, I want to mention real quick though, Burke. I'm originally from Mason, West Virginia, which is right above Point Pleasant, which is right above Huntington. And then my family moved up to Glendale when I was about nine. So I'm. I'm from kind of both areas. Both sides of the state. So you were a Mason County guy then. Originally, yeah. Have you been back to see the Mothman statue, you know, based on the famous Mothman prophecies and that, that movie with Richard Gere and the book by John Keel? If, if you haven't done it yet, you got to fit that into your next trip back home to West Virginia. I, <laughs> I went to a, a cousin's daughter's wedding up there and i saw the mothman statue so i've made right. the pilgrimage well done sir well done all right we could talk about our home state of west virginia forever but uh, i want to fast forward to you know what took you to nashville and sort of that uh you know, rocket ship ride to the top of the charts 
Well, I'm one of those, uh, I was one of those weird kids that kind of knew what he wanted to do early on. You know, I think by about 12 or 13, I wanted to go to Nashville and, uh, my folks were adamant about me getting a college degree. My dad uh, kind of hit a ceiling, you know, not having one in the power business there. And uh, so I did that, but it worked out well because I worked on the Wheeling Jamboree uh, during my college years, basically there. And uh, that was awesome experience back when the uh, WWVA Jamboree was still a, a going entity. Uh, sure. But, man, it's all I ever wanted to do, really. So uh, once I graduated from college and I'd put about four or five years in there at the Jamboree, man, I loaded everything up I had in in an old van, and I headed off to Nashville. Now, before we talk about Nashville, though, now that's interesting. I didn't know about your background with the Jamboree. And for the folks who are listening to the Big Time Talker podcast, if you're just tuning in, Nashville hitmaker Lionel Cartwright is our guest today. The uh, the Wheeling Jamboree was second only to the Grand Ole Opry in its influence in, in country music, and it was broadcast you know, to, I think, 35 states in the Midwest on that big powerhouse radio station for so many years. Um, tell me about the, the most interesting country music performer that you met while you were at the Jamboree. Is there, is there one memory that really stands out from those early years? Yeah, there is, uh, right off the bat. I mean, there's a lot. We, You know, we had a name act there every Saturday night, so it was an amazing training ground just to sit on the side of the stage. We'd be the – I was the staff musician, eventually became the band leader and was a singer there. And uh, the first hour of that two-hour show, we did two every Saturday night, would be regional acts, you know, so our band would back them up and then the, the star would come out. But uh, I did have quite a thrill there, Bert, one night uh, when uh, Buck Owens asked me to sit in with his band. So I got to be a guest buckaroo for one night. And, wow. Uh, that's right when Emmylou Harris had a, a real big hit, a cover of his uh, song from the early 60s, Together Again. And Emmylou Harris had a big hit single on that. And right smack dab in the middle of that record, People can go uh, listen to it. Glenn D. Harden played this killer piano solo right after they copped the original steel guitar solo. So I got to be a buckaroo, and when it came time in that song, he threw it over to me, so I copped the Emmy Lou piano solo, and that was quite a thrill, you know, because Buck was, Buck was high, still is for me, really high up there in the echelon. That's an amazing memory from the uh, the Wheeling Jamboree. Uh, Lionel Cartwright is our guest today. Visit him online at lionelcartwright.com. All right, so you spend your college years at the Jamboree, and then you load everything up in the van, and you're off to uh, the Music City, to Nashville. And immediately, doors started to fly open, and before you knew it, you were on top of the charts. Is that right? That's how that always works. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, it was kind of a circuitous route uh, i got here and you know you're gonna you're set to do anything you have to do wait tables uh whatever you know and i got a an opportunity to i went to an audition one day I, i'd gotten with a manager he was actually in la but he said man i, I got an audition i want you to go and it's for TNN. I didn't know what TNN was, you know, but I went to this audition out at the uh, Opry house 
And it was crazy, Burke, because they were they were putting a show together. They're, this was when the Nashville Network was just getting off the ground. So they were putting a show together, and they were looking for somebody to be um, a featured singer on the show. They were also looking for a band leader. So when they saw my resume from the Wheeling Jamboree, they hired me on the spot. And they said, oh, by the way, it's in Knoxville. And I, and I thought, <laughs> Knoxville? I don't want to go to Knoxville, but man, it was amazing, Burke. I went over there. I met my wife who this, this year is our 35th year together, but I also got to work with uh, hall of fame songwriters, Boudlow and Felice Bryant, who wow. were living over around Gatlinburg and were writing musicals at the time because Roger Miller had had a big hit musical called big river. So Boudelot and Felice, uh, were trying their hand at writing musicals, and our band did all the recordings for those. I think it was uh, two musicals, 22 songs each. And, man, Burke, I got to go up and sit in Boudelot's basement with him, charting the songs, and it was, you know, I knew full well who they were and their resume, and to get to sit and work with them was it, it was invaluable. And it also really gave me confidence as a songwriter to more incorporate that into what I was doing. Lionel Cartwright, our guest today, and uh, if you're not familiar with the Bryants, I mean, they wrote some of the biggest songs of all time. I, I remember interviewing years ago uh, from uh, England the band Nazareth and asking them about their huge hit, uh, you know, Love Hurts, and, and uh, yes. them just being all about the Bryants. And, of course, that was a huge hit for the Everly Brothers. But they, they must have written dozens of hits. And for you as a young guy to, to have that opportunity, man, what a thrill. It was amazing. I mean, they wrote Bye Bye Love. They wrote Rocky Top. They wrote All I Have to Do is Dream. And, of course, uh, as you mentioned, Love Hurts was a big hit in the 70s. Yeah, the list goes on and on. And and speaking of hits, uh, eventually, you know, we teased about it, it all coming to you automatically. It didn't come automatically, but the hits did come, including, uh, if memory serves me right, there were three top tens and a number one. Is that right? I had three songs that made it into the top three. I think I had about 12 singles. Several of those made the top ten, but um, I had two that were top three called Give Me His Last Chance and a song that was inspired from uh, listening to a transistor radio at night in West Virginia called I Watched It On My Radio. Oh, yeah. And uh, the number one for me was a song called Leap of Faith. Wow. And suddenly, in the early 90s, you find yourself, uh, as they say back home, in some pretty high cotton. Uh, favorite memory from, from those hit-making days? Man, there were so many. It, you know, it's quite a ride, and it's an amazing thing to, you know, to reach that point because so many don't. I, and I knew full well it was a privilege to get in that uh, that altitude. But, yeah, wow, there are so many memories. I could tell you about Bill Monroe <laughs> pitching me a song on a couch backstage at a show um, all the great people I got to do shows with, Alan Jackson, The Judge, Ricky Skaggs, uh, just so many. Um, but it was quite a thrill to be nominated for Best New Male Vocalist with two other guys, Clint Black and and also ran named Garth Brooks. 
Yeah, those uh, guys are okay. But yeah, they and and you know Clint won it too because Clint was coming off a year having five number one songs off one album, and uh, oh my goodness, so many great memories. But uh, yeah, to to have that Billboard magazine and see your song hit number one, it, it's it's a pretty surreal experience. It was for me anyway. Lionel Cartwright is our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast, powered by Speaker Match and, uh, you know, number one country hit maker in the 90s, and, and that will never be taken away. And you've continued to do an awful lot of work, uh, much of it less high profile, lots of songwriting, lots of producing, lots of mentoring young artists, being a, a worship leader, uh, music and praise worship leader in your church, and, and you continue to perform and do public speaking. I wonder if, if you could share with us, what it was like, though, um, when, when the hits stopped and, and what that transition was like for you. What does that do to someone's psyche, uh, for you in particular? Man, that's a great question, Burke, and I, I think you framed it perfectly. Uh, it's hard. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's hard because, like I said, ever since I was 12, 13 years old, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, and Darn if it didn't happen, you know, it, it actually happened. But, you know, you you live with that dream so long and then that identity and it happens, it it's tricky because you confuse that role, you know, that not a job, but it's a role, it's an identity. You kind of confuse that with who you really are. So when that gets taken away from you, it can really uh, throw you for a loop as to, whoa, without that, who am I? Um, so there were, there were some times there that was real that were really challenging. We you know we were starting to have kids and um, the uh, the salvation for me really came through a, a surprising thing. I, I did all those shows at TNN, Burke and the producer for that who by the way years ago or years later producer in knoxville built this sound stage and we all thought he was out of his mind he built a two million dollar sound stage in knoxville tennessee like you'd find in you know hollywood and darned if years later it became the birthplace and was purchased by Scripps Networks, and it's where HGTV started, that same building. It was crazy. Is that right? Wow. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's insane. But back in the day, I told that producer, I said, hey, any background music you want, I'll be glad to do it for you. And he had a run of shows on cable. Uh, there was a kind of a underground hit on Nickelodeon. It's funny, when I meet people that are about, 15 or so years younger than me I tell them about my country music hits and they're like oh that's nice but when I tell them I did the the theme song of Hey Dude on Nickelodeon they're like (laughs) no way (laughs) that's great so uh, anyway I went back to that and in the as the uh, country music kind of went to a place and I you know I knew I just I thought I'm just not a fit as an artist for this genre anymore but I went back and fell into a ton of work doing composing for television and I still do it to this day in fact I'm working on it as we speak here 
And it was just a fantastic new uh, route to go down because I set up a studio at the house and the internet, the tech, the technology, technological advances in recording. And I saw it, Burke, I saw it coming and I thought, man, I am going there and I ain't looking back. So I set up a hard disk uh, studio at my house and man, it was fantastic. Got to be, got to, didn't have to be on the road 300 days a year, got to make really a wider parameter of music, all kinds of styles and I've loved it. So, yeah, I'm still a singer-songwriter. I will always be a singer-songwriter, and I love working with other artists. Uh, Man, I feel like I've had a really blessed ride. Our guest is Lionel Cartwright, and I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is true or not, that you've actually either composed, played, or produced on over 100 TV theme songs. Is that right? That's a huge number. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's uh, it's been a crazy. It's it's you know I ha- I came up through the old recording way you know Burke and man it's great if you have the budget to go in a big studio, but I literally watched our industry change to where the new studios were in people's houses and you know so yeah it's been it was I never could have seen that coming. Well, one of the reasons we're so excited to talk to you on the Big Time Talker podcast, um, since we've all moved it indoors, you know, I've, I'm no longer broadcasting in my studio. The, my home studio is right by my kitchen table now. Um, but so many wow. folks are doing that, you know, from all over the world. But you have been sort of homebound and self-quarantined for a long time. You know how to do this, and, and you transitioned way before the rest of the world had to do it because of COVID-19. And and I wonder if, if you could share a couple of tips on, on adjusting to working from home. What's your routine like, and, and, and how do you stay productive? How do you do what you do without leaving the house? Again, excellent question. I've really watched, seeing to watch all these different walks of life from TV talk show hosts to you go down the the list. And I think working from home, it's just like anything else. You know, there's pros and cons. The pros are great. And, and as you know, you can save some serious money. So some of your, uh, some of your pursuits that may have not been possible because of expenses are now possible. But, man, it's got some hidden, I think, on the surface, hidden hidden challenges. And that is you eat at home, you work at home, you sleep at home. You know, I think getting a routine for me has really helped. Uh, just like I'm going to work, man, even though I'm going to my studio. So for a lot of years, I did. I would go downtown. I had a writing deal downtown. So I'd go to that house every day and write songs. So I think having a routine, because it's so easy to to just slip out of that and uh, exercise, getting outside is critical. Uh, so many songwriters I know just go out and take a walk. You know, if you hit a if you hit a snag or it's challenging, right? I mean, I'm sure you know too. Yeah, it's it's been very interesting. You know, I, I'm doing just as much work, but I'm no longer doing it 
from airports and hotel rooms. It's all from right here. And, uh, you know, you do have to, to make some adjustments, and, and there are blessings as well. I have a 15-year-old son who I'm able to spend a whole lot more time with because he's home as well doing Internet homeschooling. So, uh, you know, I think there, there are two sides to every story, and, and certainly not to minimize how tough it is for so many people who are going through this. Lionel Cartwright is our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast. You're still very tied in to the music and entertainment industry, and there are segments of that industry that have been totally decimated by by the coronavirus pandemic. Yes. You know, all touring activity ended the second week of March and there's no word on when any of those shows are going to be rescheduled and it's not it's not just the guy up front, it's the you know, the, the sound guy and the lighting people and the you know, the roadies and the box office people and the tour accountants and the promoters and the venues and on and on and on. What's the general sense from your folks that you deal with, your friends in the industry, as to how this is all going to work out? And, and you know, take their temperature for us uh, as somebody who's on the inside of Nashville. How are, how are folks feeling about it? Well, I think it's devastating, and mainly to the support people, right, around the, the stars or the the headliners, Um it's it's wild, Burke, because live, our industry has gone through such shifts. Songwriting royalties, record royalties have have taken such a nosedive that the only place left to make money was live touring. So now with that being halted, whew, it's uh, I think it's going to do some real damage or or. I'll look at it more positively. I think it's going to redirect a lot of lives because there's only so long you can go. Uh, and I'm sure those tours will fire back up. But as you've heard, one of the last things I was listening to Bill Gates, uh, who's been one of my favorite people to listen to on this, because he was so prescient with this, with his Ted talk in 2015 but it sounds, Burke, like one of the last things to come back is going to be public gatherings. So that's the concert business, you know. That's, that's how it works. So, whew, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one coming out of it um, because, like I said, that's kind of where the whole industry has gone as the refuge from recording income, from songwriting income, was live music. We've all said, you know. We've watched, especially the past 10 years, as streaming has become the main way people get their music, which I think is great, by the way. Again, like we're saying, there's pros and cons to everything. But, uh, yeah, it's going to leave a mark for sure. It's really our industry is just uh, the changes in this industry, man, in the past 20 years have been – Precedented, and you know, though Burke, I talk when I, I give keynotes, and when I talk to people, to groups, to conventions, it's interesting that because of technology, and now, way even exponentially more, COVID nineteen, whole industries are just going to be turned upside down. So, I don't know. It's uh, change is coming, you know. You know, you made a great point, and Lionel Cartwright, our guest today, visit him online at lionelcartwright.com, that uh, you made a point that I think a lot of people maybe hadn't thought of who are not in the entertainment industry, and that is that 
that, you know, all those songwriting royalties and, and, you know, the CDs are not being purchased anymore. So those physical sales, all those other revenue streams have gradually dried up. And the one last refuge to make, uh, make a living for many entertainers is that live touring business. Um, you also mentioned, you just mentioned you do keynote speeches. Of course, that's not happening. No one's getting on airplanes and no one is having conventions now. I wonder if, if you have dipped your toe in the water of doing virtual online presentations for companies and corporations and how you see that all playing out. Man, you're reading my mail. That's, that's where I'm going. I'm, I'm uh, working on putting together a little uh, preview video right now, but I, I think it's interesting, maybe in some kind of Zoom capacity, because uh, it seems like companies, right, and I know you know about this, are still going to want to have some kind of group gathering to gather their people. So, yeah, man, I am absolutely looking to go virtual with my, uh, you know, and my my keynotes, Burke, are they're a combination of talking and playing songs. I take instruments and play songs but my whole thing is one of the things i hope to encourage people with is not to get discouraged when you see a way you've been making an income may come to an end you know uh, and uh, the tried and true may not be the place to go anymore there's an old book remember the book i loved this title and man it's been such a big sentence in my mind who moved my cheese Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. and I think that's what's happening with a lot. It, I do think the music business was the first one through the wall, and they always say the first one through the wall is the bloodiest. But I think there's a lot people can learn from from what the music business went through, but in almost now with whatever business you're in, you know. I have a, a close friend who's an attorney who, who always says flexibility is the hallmark of a professional. And I think now is the time that no matter what you do or how you put food on your table, you've got to learn to be flexible because someone uh, has certainly moved the cheese for all of us. Um, Lionel Cartwright, if, if folks want to get in touch with you and they want to find out more about you, is LionelCartwright.com the best place to circle up with you? Yes, sir. LionelCartwright.com. You can uh, reach me by email there. Um, I've also got a YouTube channel. Uh, been putting a lot of little uh, performances out there recently with this COVID thing. It's fun. But uh, definitely LionelCartwright.com is my Grand Central Station. Very good. Oh, and we have one message that just popped into the chat room, and it's from Karen, who is listening back home, actually in our home state of West Virginia. And she wanted to know what it was like to participate. Oh, this is great. This is something you and I did together on the, the Bill Withers Lean on Me online tribute video. Oh, man, I was so honored to be part of that. Thank you for having me on that, Burke. Uh, and thank you, Bill Karen, Withers for the question. Is, you know, yeah, thank you, Karen. That's a great question. And Bill Withers, man, you know, I'm a fan of music. I'm a fan of, uh, I grew up, came of age during the big singer-songwriter era of the 70s, so Bill was right in that mix along with so many others, right? But Bill, I've thought, I've thought about this a lot, Burke. There's a great doc, by the way. I think it's called Still Bill, and it's yes, hard to right. find. I think you can find it on Amazon. But Bill Withers has a very unique kind of career in that 
the hits he had, especially two or three or four of them, they like arc over everything. I mean, you know, you can have a hit song, but when you have Lean On Me or Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone, those like, they, they go to such a different altitude. They go out of the atmosphere to a higher altitude and just become so ingrained in the culture. I think uh, the fact that uh, you're hearing Lean On Me so much during any time, right, of adversity, that song is going to surface. And uh, it was just an incredible honor to be part of uh, memorializing Bill Withers because he is, I'm telling you, he's, he's not the only one, but he's one of a very select few that, are, that just have a singular uh, contribution to world music. If you haven't seen that tribute video, it's it's all over social media. You can probably Google it or find it on on Facebook. And uh, Lionel Cartwright performs along with, gosh, a whole smorgasbord of folks: Jimmy Buffett and uh, Kathy Matea. I think you were asked by a legendary country sideman, Charlie McCoy, and the Davidson Brothers, and Landau yeah. Eugene Murphy Jr. I mean, the list just goes on and on of these fabulous performers that uh, were a part of that. Lionel, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we go? Man, just to encourage people, I know we're we're going through a tough time here, and uh, I'm uh, just so in awe of the people on the front lines. My daughter's one of them. Our daughter is a nurse um, that works at a hospital in Chattanooga. But uh, I'd just like to encourage everybody, we are going to make it through this. It may mean some big-time change. In fact, I... I think it's inevitable that our our world is going to change. But speaking as somebody who has gone through deep, as Burke said, psychological change, um, professional change, occupational change, like who moved my cheese? It's not in the same place anymore. I just want to encourage people. There's all kinds of ways to apply your gifts and skills to um, – jobs, occupations that you may never have dreamed of. So hang in there. I just want to encourage people, hang in there. We will find a way forward. Great advice from Lionel Cartwright. That's right. Keep those blinders open and take them off and uh, keep your eyes open for what the next opportunities might be in this tough time Mm, during COVID-19. Lionel Cartwright, our guest, visit him online at uh, LionelCartwright.com and we love your music, love your hits, and now every time I'm, I'm watching a TV show, I'm going to be looking to see if your name is right there in the credits as doing the theme song. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, Burke. Lionel Cartwright, our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast, powered by our friends at SpeakerMatch.com. Wherever you go, whatever you do, stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you for listening. Bye, everybody.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.